we now have Derek Taylor here in studio for the Bomber Winter Special. Derek, have you been busy preparing for the 2023 season? I've have depth charts prepped. I've got who's in, who's out. Who are the 49% candidates? What GMs do I need to rail about all season long? <laughs> it's been uh, it's been an exciting month. Free agency is such a good month in in any sport, right? And in no no exception for this term in the in the CFL. It's been an interesting month for sure around the league for the Blue Bombers. Obviously, they got. Most of their work done before free agency began, the big signing, Kenny Lawler. Uh, Now, we're going to hear from him later on in the show, but just from your perspective, when you heard that that was happening, were you caught off guard? I was caught off guard. I I thought, hell, why wouldn't he go back after big bucks again, right? He got all the money in the world last time. Why not go after it again? Kenny will join us at 830. We'll ask him all about that. Feel free to text us your questions at 204-780-6868. First guest will join us. We've got six bomber guests. I've been very excited to talk to our first guest. He is defensive and Jackson Jeffcoat. Jackson, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, Everything is pretty good here when I get to talk about football and think about the CFL and think about how many pressures per game Jackson Jeffcoat still creates, even if he is injured for part of the season. Uh, But first up, I want to hit you with something off the wall. Are you ready? That's fine with me. I see from your your bio, you went to Plano West Senior High School. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Now, you would have been very young, but do you have any memories or do you know of the classic Plano East versus John Tyler high school football game from 1994? <laughs> yeah, I watched it before on YouTube. <laughs> now, the, just tell folks what, what, it, what it was, because for anybody who remembers seeing those highlights, and, and I saw them like on SportsCenter way back in 94, what that game was and what it perhaps is in your part of the world. Well, if I remember correctly, because it was a long time ago that I watched it, um, wasn't it just a it's a big back and forth game? Plano, it was in the playoffs. Um, Pl- I think it was. It, let me let me help you. Plano um, East was down forty-one to seventeen with under three minutes to go. They and sco- came back and sent it to overtime. Is they, it overtime or they won? They score a touchdown, get the onside kick, score a touchdown, get the onside kick, score another touchdown, get another onside kick, then score another touchdown to take the lead with 24 seconds to go. This is the greatest win in Plano history. They kick off and John Tyler takes the kickoff back for the game-winning score, 97 yards. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember. Man, I I didn't I haven't watched that since We watched it in the newsroom today. I was in high school. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 an epic. It'll never be topped, honestly, in the in the history of football. And when I saw Plano West, I thought, "Oh, he might though he would have been what, 3 years old at the time. He might have some on that one." Oh, the, you said it was not it was in 94? 94. 94. Yeah, I think that was the game. I think I looked at it cuz it was just a crazy game. Yeah, they said I didn't watch it as a kid. As a kid, I watched it like in high school or something. Yeah, what, like, or watched the end. Growing up in Texas, what is high school football? Man, high school football is like a religion in Texas. I mean, people, you got lots of people that will come out just to watch certain high school players that are going to be good, big college athletes, uh, and, and they feel they have stadiums for high schools. It's uh, it's huge. Even in a city that there has a lot going on in it, like Plano, mm-hmm. that has three high schools, like people still come out and support the high school teams, and it's just it's a social event for some people. It's uh, people are out into the game. It's it's just big. 
there's nothing like it. And it's crazy to see when I see other people from other places and talk about their high school experience. It's it's not anywhere close. Yeah, I once played in front of 150 people in Alberta. It was it was amazing that day. And that's yeah, exactly. I probably played in front of 65 in Owen Sound, Ontario. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, our guest on the Bomber Winter Special. Jackson, I think we all want to know uh, how is your hip injury? You were on the injury report with with a hip problem all season long. How are you feeling right now? I'm great. I feel great. Um, my body feels great. Probably feel the great the best that I felt uh, after season and starting off season than I than I, I felt all year. What do you do in the off season? Like, as far as are you full time heavyweight training? Are you are you flexibility pliability? Are you yo- hot yoga? Like, what is your off season regimen now? And your now that you've reached your thirties? Yeah, it's a it's a little mix of everything. I got my heavy lifting in at certain times. I'm gonna do my um, my stretching and mobility. A lot of stretching and mobility. Uh, that's that's like the, my bread and butter. The things that I do the most but also i'm still doing pounding as far as running getting out doing football drills and whatnot i uh i also do a little bit of swimming uh there's a place called barton springs pool that is like uh it's a cold springs okay and it's at this is i'm I'm speaking american right now but it's at like 64 degrees uh fahrenheit oh no that's Um, oh boy yeah no that's cold (laughs) so for at least for um it's all year round like that. So in the summers when it's up to a hundred here, yeah, it's still at that sixty four degrees. So it's it's nice and cool when it's in uh you're in the summer or cold in the summer. And then right now, when it was or when it was cold, it was nice and like it was just lukewarm or it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cold to me and it was warmer than the air was outside. 17 degrees Celsius for the okay. conversion there, Christian. There you Goodness, go. That's cold. That routine you just there outlined, has that? how has that changed over the course of your career? How has your off-season preparation changed as you've gone later in your career? Yeah, I've gotten more intentional. I've gotten more intentional with the things I need to do, that the injuries that I've had and the things that I just, the things that I had to maintain. Like, I can't train like everybody else. I can only train like Jackson Jeffcoat. So I have to do what's best for me not what's cool, what's in. I got to do what what will help me play longer, what will help me stay on the field. If I can put in a recommendation for hiking boot camps on on Peloton, Jackson, there's one for you. You can join me. <laughs> no, probably not. Well, I don't have a Peloton, <laughs> but... Uh... Join the revolution, I brother. Do like riding bikes. Yeah, it's they got a treadmill, they've got a rower now. It's they got everything. I, uh, I'm expecting one. That's not fr- a paid plug, is it? No, I'm expecting okay. one free in the mail. Absolutely. Um, Jackson Jeffcoat, our guest, of course, star defensive end of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, you guys lost Casey Sales in the off season. He goes to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. W- what has Casey Sales been like? One to work with, and two as an impact for the Bombers. Well, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, me and him used to do uh, breakfast on game day together. Uh, either at, in Winnipeg or even on, on away games. And uh, he's just all around good dude. He gets along with everybody. He works hard. He's always in the gym working out, staying in shape, staying right, staying ready. And you see on the field, he was dominating. He was great. Uh, I had a plug-in back way when, uh, before the free agency, saying that I wanted him to come back. I wanted us to bring him back. And we didn't, but uh, I'm believing in what, 
with Kyle and Osh got going on. So, but it's sad to lose a brother like him. I was going to say, what's the feeling when you lose a guy you like playing with, but your friend gets paid? And, and according to reports, Casey got paid pretty well. Yeah, he got paid really well. You've got to be excited for him. I was super excited for him. We talk. We play Call of Duty together. We chat about real estate. Um, I was excited, and I think he deserves it. I think he deserves that money, and I think that he will show that he can even make more because he's that good. Well, he was he was a flexible piece right within that defense. When if you guys wanted to go with six defensive linemen, Casey was the guy who could pop outside to take some defensive end snaps. That's a that's a piece that I don't know if you guys want that back this year that that role, but it was it was certainly valuable in twenty twenty two. For sure, it was very valuable and very helpful. And uh, like I said, he's going to be missed. But we got to keep it going, and we we got to keep the train going and. And somebody's going to step up and replace that, replace the production that Casey was having. You don't have to replace a Call of Duty partner, do you? No, we're still playing Call of Duty together. We're still brothers. We'll probably still have uh, breakfast when we when I go to Hamilton. What's the come to Winnipeg? What's the breakfast of choice if you had your brothers? We go to um, we go to Stella's. Okay, we hit up Stella's. That is a, that's certainly a good one. I, I like it. Uh, Jackson, I, I am super excited that uh, that you uh, re-signed with the Bombers. you be back. No one has generated more quarterback pressures by my count the last two seasons than our guest, Jackson Jeffcoat. Thank you, man. I appreciate you jumping on with us for the, the Bomber Winter Special. Man, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. He is Jackson Jeffcoat, star defensive end of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Nice enough to be with us. Still to come, we'll recap some of the great plays of the year with the guys who made them. We'll talk to Patty Newfeld, Zach Kalaros, Kyle Walters, Brandon Alexander, and more on the Bombers Winter Special in 680 CGOB. Rutgers University. They'll fake it to Oliveira. One-on-one to Agadosi, jump ball! It's got it for the touchdown! Right over Trey Robertson, Charlton Agadosi, touchdown! And we talked about the similarities between him and Greg Carr in terms of wouldn't it be nice to see him have a debut, and that is exactly what he's on track for. A jump ball, not a 50-50 ball when it comes to him in the end zone. He's got that height, he towers over everybody. That was an 80-20 ball. We were practicing that play all week. That's one of the plays that I had circled on the game sheet, and I had a feeling Zach might give me opportunity because we hit on it a few times that week in practice. So when I heard the play called, I was definitely ready to execute it, and I was very excited. Probably the best moment of my whole career and one of the best moments of my football life. It was like, it felt like a movie, honestly. And it was a great day for Bomber fans watching them. One, beat the Calgary Stampeders for the first of three times. And two, watch Carlton Agadosi come into the forefront. It is the Bombers winter special. And we're joined now by one of the guys who helped make that play happen. It's Bombers guard, uh, Patty Newfeld. Patty, thank you for your time. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, you're about to go through a big week, uh, as I understand it, with the Canadian Football League and the Players Association. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so I'm in Toronto right now, and um, it's a partnership between the CFLPA and the CFL where it's an opportunity for myself and five other guys to kind of get a behind-the-scenes look at the CFL, and they kind of put two streams for you to kind of go through, either the football operations side or kind of the events and promotion side. So, um, you know, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I get to kind of network with people in head office and uh, 
see what it's all about. So uh, as I read the story, you, you want to go through the football operations side? Yeah, it's always intrigued me. Um, just kind of having been a player rep and um, started to do my own contracts now. Um, it's just an opportunity to kind of get a, a better glimpse at kind of how the CFL is ran, how the, the, you know, the day-to-day basics of, of the league run and, and then kind of get a glimpse at, you know, health and safety and the rules committee. And then uh, finally get a chance to kind of take it all in at the uh, super regional combine in Waterloo. So get a chance to see how that uh, all works out. So as you kind of look forward to, you know, your career is, you got less than 10 years to go in your career, some, some number in there. Do you, do you look at it and go, Hey, I might want to be the commissioner one day. I might want to be a general manager. I might want to be this. What, what kind of things do you kind of have in mind? Well, A, thanks for saying 10 years. You know, I really appreciate that. Um, and, and B, you know, I, I've always loved the, the schematics of football. I love um, the daily process of, you know, trying to beat a team. And so I've kind of always thought about being into coaching or, you know, kind of getting into the, the football personnel side of things. So scouting or kind of getting into the general manner, management side of things. But um you know, I, I, I do love coaching, and I could see myself maybe and hopefully getting into that when, whenever my, my career is done, maybe nine years. <laughs> what have you learned about th- all that process, the behind-the-scenes work, just from negotiating your own deals? Um, you know, it definitely requires you as a player to do the research and, and you know, see what what is available for, for contracts. You know, I had had an agent for so long where – I wasn't all sure what entailed going into a contract, what you could negotiate as a player and, and how those conversations worked with, you know, I, I have worked with Kyle Walters, our general manager. So I've messaged with him. Um, but just having to, you know, kind of defend yourself and, and put yourself out there and be like, Hey, this is where I stand amongst, you know, this position. And, and this is where I think I'm at. And you kind of have to back yourself up and hopefully you have good enough film that you can do that. Would you want to be an agent? I don't know if I'd want to be an agent. That's, um, that's I think, a, a kind of a different side of the sport that um, I wouldn't get to do as much as I'd like to. I, I, I love being inside the football building. I love being able to be part of a, a team and, and a, a group of people that kind of have that common driven uh, goal where you're trying to win a championship. So I've always envisioned myself being in, in a football building, and, and hopefully it's in Winnipeg. Patty Newfell is our guest on the Bomber Winter Special. The the part where you represent yourself in negotiations, was that because you wanted to know more about how it worked? Was that, hey, I don't know if I need an agent for this? What what kind of drove you to that? It was a culmination of things, and, and two of the things were the, the points you made. You know, one, I was, I was kind of, well, basically committed to playing in Winnipeg for as long as I can, and I didn't see myself going anywhere else. So, um, and the other was, yeah, like I kind of want to see how, how this process worked and how, how it would happen. And then kind of thirdly, it's, you know, it's a little thing, but it's just the financial side of things of saving a lot of money. But um, the, the biggest thing is like, you know, I was super happy being in Winnipeg and I, I say it every time I, you know, I go through this, but like, I don't do myself any favors with, you know, getting a better contract because the team knows I want to be there, but I, I do. It's the truth. And it just made life easier for me. Yeah, a, a guy who retired said, never tell them you bought a house in town because they will use that against you. Oh, God. I mean, I, I say that, too. I, I always tell guys, especially young guys, you know, if you're going to buy a house, buy it where you want to live when you're done playing. And if it's in the city you're at, then that's great. But, you know, I bought a house in Regina way back in the day, and that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that is, uh, yeah, let's, let's just have it with that. I, I want to ask you, uh, Michael Couture is gone to the BC Lions now. He signed a free agent deal with BC, so uh, you'll have a new center. What, what's it like for you to, uh, to, to lose Michael Couture to your left? Yeah, that's, that's tough. Mike's one of my, you know, one of my best friends, not just in, in football, but just in the whole world. He's a, you know, phenomenal guy. And uh, he was my roommate, the roommate on the road, a guy I lived with. Um, we spent a lot of time together, had a lot of, had a lot of, you know, ups and downs together. So losing him is tough, but um, it, it's just the, you know, the worst part about this game is the business. And um, it just, you know, it's unfortunate. It didn't work out with, with Mike, but you know, I know, it's going to sting for him. It's going to sting for us, but you know, football is going to move on. And I think ultimately he's going to be happy being able to be back home and, you know, be close to family and friends and stuff like that. And um, on our side of things, you know, we have some great guys on our, on our team that, that played a lot of great, meaningful football at center position with, you know, Chris Kolonkowski who played phenomenal last year and um, Tui Ellie who had played the year before. Um, so, you know, those two guys are going to be battling pretty intently and for that starting center job and uh it's going to be a great you know a great player in there no matter what yeah it's one of the questions as we approach training camp who's going to be the man and and how will they do and i can't wait i can't believe i have to wait till till may to to watch it happen uh patty have a great week in toronto i hope you get exactly what you're looking for from the cfl and cflpa uh the official term is the cfl player mentorship program i hope you enjoy it man I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Patty Newfeld, Bombers guard, nice enough to be with us uh, on the po- the. I almost said the post game show, show, Christian. That's that's where I am. It's <laughs> 7:26. We will break on the other side. He's the quarterback. Zach Kalaros joins us on the Bombers Winter Special on CJOB. Still to come, more of the great plays of the 2022 Bombers season. We'll talk to the GM, Kyle Walters as well, Brandon Alexander, uh, Kenny Lawler. But right now, he is the quarterback for your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He is Zach Kalaros, nice enough to join us. How are you, sir? Hey, what's going on? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Are you, uh, are you taking in much, uh, much football? or What's your, what's your off-season activity currently? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously... Uh, Finished up watching all the NFL games. Uh, it was quite the end of the season. It was a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, I've been studying tape, uh, NFL, NCAA, and, and obviously some CFL stuff too. So between that and training and, uh, you know, hanging out with my girls, it's been it's been a good offseason. Of the NFL, what's it like for you watching uh, a guy like Patrick Mahomes play football? Oh, I mean, for a, for a football nerd like me, it's, it's pretty special watching him play. Uh, between that and the way that Andy – you know, Reed devises that offense and, uh, you know, all the moving pieces in the scheme. It's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, and a guy like that uh, can just make so many plays out of nothing. He's uh, obviously very hard to stop and uh, wouldn't surprise me if he continues to win Super Bowls. It's it was an impressive run by the Kansas City Chiefs and yeah a second Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes. All right, uh, let's talk about the Bombers and let's talk about Zach Kalaros. The fact that both Nick Dembski and Kenny Lawler cited you as a reason that they re-signed or signed with the Bombers. How does that make you feel? Oh, I mean, it means a lot. Uh, you know, obviously they're first and foremost. Uh, well, not first and foremost, but they are great football players. But first and foremost, they're great people. And uh, you know, it's it, it's just it's, football's a great thing because you get to to make all these friendships and relationships. And uh, you know, those are two guys. Um, you know, that I'm pretty close with, you know, Nick, obviously um, being there last year as well, our relationship 
got closer and uh it, it means a lot you know it kind of caught me off guard there didn't didn't even realize that they that i had cited or that i was cited by both those guys uh for reasons to stay but we do keep in in constant communication um you know obviously obviously with kenny last year it was a little tough because he was in edmonton but uh you know right after the season ended you know i was texting him and, and sending him clips of plays of you know things that we could do uh you know if, he, if he's back and uh both great guys and um just really uh that made me happy. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I asked that to Dembski because I thought, oh, it just whether it could have been a coincidence, right, that you're both now signed for three years. But I didn't even get the question out. And he's like, no, no, that's when I knew I wanted a long term deal with the Bombers. And I mean, it makes sense, right? The, you get to work with, you get the same thing, right? You get to work with other elite players. And for football players, I, I don't know. That must be pretty special, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this to, to kind of, you know, go along with what Nick was saying, you know, when I was, um, you know, going through the negotiations with the contract extension, uh, you know, one of my priorities was, you know, talking to Nick and talking to guys like Stanley and Patty, uh, you know, Yosh, Rashid, you know, obviously um, hoping that Kenny would come back at some point, but just, you know, you know, put it in their ear. Hey, uh, you know, I think I'm about to do this, you know, let's, let's kind of keep this thing rolling, you know, just kind of feeling those guys out. And, uh, you know, everybody was on the same page. Um, you know, obviously we talk a lot about the culture and, you know, that's in the locker room, but uh, again, just an amazing group of guys and um, not surprising that everybody wanted to come back and give another go. We've asked this of just about everybody that's been on the show or that we've talked to over the last couple of months. H- have you watched the Grey Cup and how many times if the answer is yes? <laughs> I actually watched it once. Uh, yeah, it was like, I think it was like a month after. And uh, my wife and I were watching the show, and she fell asleep on the couch, and it, it was just just been in my head, you know, been been on my brain for a long time, and uh, you know, I was just finally opened the computer, sat down and watched it, and it uh, it wasn't great, it wasn't a wasn't a good rewatch, and uh, obviously, you know, myself especially could have played a lot better in that game, and uh, you know, I think things would have turned out differently, but. Uh, at least didn't execute at a high enough level to win that football game. And, you know, not taking anything away from Toronto, but, um, you know, we made a lot of mistakes. Just once, though. That's all you need? I've watched it once. I'm sure I'll watch it a thousand more times before the season. But okay. it still feels fresh. <laughs> You'll catch it randomly out of the corner of your eye on TV as well. Uh, yeah. I. That's no, not that, – that's getting turned off in, on, in the household right now. It's yeah. not uh, It's not saying on. Yeah, I, I respect that. He is the quarterback, Zach Kalaris of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, with us on the Bombers Winter Special. Uh, I have a question from the, the folks at uh, Morning Big Blue, the chat board from Bubba Zanetti. He said, uh, after realizing your receiving core, Zach, the season is going to be Lawler, Schoen, Bailey, Dembski, and Wolitarski. How long did it take for your excitement to subside? I'm still pretty excited about it. Um, you know, obviously the potential there is to have a, to, to have a really great season, um, you know, from a number standpoint, but it, but again, to kind of reiterate what we talked about earlier, just, it's a really easy group of guys to work with. Um, you know, it, it, it really helps. There's a lot of continuity there, but it, it's guys that, you know, all have the same goal in mind. It's a, like I always say, it's a very unselfish group. Um, and again, which is what makes it really easy, uh, to, to work together. So, I can't wait to get back out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to start up here soon, um, you know, with some meetings, you know, with the receivers and the quarterbacks, um, you know, kind of kind of get the ball rolling there. 
but uh, just just to all be in the same meeting room, you know, watching tape, um, and I guess you know, breaking down our defense here for training camp is going to be a lot of fun to get going. What does Kenny bring? Because last year that was Greg Ellingson's role. Dalton, we didn't know what he would be, and he became this unbelievable threat when the, when the play broke down. Uh, what does Kenny Lawler bring from your perspective? I, I mean, I'll probably go outside the box a little bit here from from the obvious the obvious uh, tangible things that he does, but he's just a dog, you know. I mean, that's kind of kind of what that room is. I mean, he he's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. You know, I can remember like in week seventeen in twenty twenty one, we were out there having him block a defensive end, and I think we were, you know, we had the West wrapped up for three weeks already, you know, and he's not afraid to go in there and do that and to sell out for the team. Um, you know, his compete level is just always always very high. It doesn't matter what rep it is of practice or what rep it is in the game. He's going to go out there and compete his butt off. Um, so that's something that, you know, when I first met him, I really, really respected and was drawn to. Um, again, you know, from a talent level standpoint and from um, a receiver standpoint, he, he can make every catch in the book. I, I think, you know, watching him last year um, with the waggle was, was kind of interesting. The spot he was playing at boundary two, I hadn't really seen him play a lot of that. And he was really good at it. He was really uh, you know, using the waggle to his advantage and getting up on the, the, the boundary halfback's toes um, and, and running really clean routes. So, um, you know, with him being able to do that with the waggle, and, and obviously I think he's the best, you know, the best X in the league. And um, there's a lot, there's a lot we can do uh, having him, you know, on the field and uh, which will also open up other, other areas of the field for other guys. And, uh, you know, back to my un- the unselfish point with all those guys. Uh, he understands, you know, what coverages are trying to do to, to take him away, and and uh, if he is double teamed, he knows he has to clear that area out for the next guy. So um, I could talk for for hours about Kenny and what he brings to the team, uh, you know, especially schematically. But I don't have to give enough time for that. So, what does it say about Rashid Bailey that? he left money on the table to come back. He, it sounded when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago that he just, he just didn't want to play anywhere, but here. I talked to him a, a day or two before the decision was made. And, uh, you know, just kind of gave him my two cents on the thing. I, I like, I, I always say to you guys, I try to try to stay out of that thing and, and kind of always just give my two cents on what's best, um, you know, you know, for, for him and his family. And, uh, but it was ultimately a decision that he had to make. And, uh, you know, I, I think it just speaks to, you know, the relationships that he's built in the locker room, um, and you know, just being hungry to go out there and, and to compete with, um, with his teammates, with his brothers for for another another shot at the Grey Cup, and, um, you know, you, you'd have to speak to him about what what exactly was offered out there and, and what exactly we offered him, but uh, he's one of the most competitive people that I've ever been around, so, uh, you know, I wasn't very shocked. Uh, to to hear that he he wanted to come back and, and give it another go with with the group that we have. Not only the five receivers we mentioned, but Carlton Agadosi in the mix, Greg McRae, Janarian Grant, a a loaded receiving core for the Bombers when training camp approaches. O'Leary Orange can play all the positions too. So yep. it's a, it's a really good group of guys. One final one, Zach. We got about twenty seconds. Uh, how's your foot? How's your ankle? How is how is everything in the lower body range? The ankle, the foot is doing really well. I appreciate you asking. I think about three weeks after, uh, we were just finishing up a, a trip uh, that we had taken uh, with the girls and with with my in laws, and it was it was kind of feeling back to normal. Um, you know, about two weeks into training, I felt comfortable. You know, jumping, you know, doing single leg hops and all those different things off it. So, um, 
there's been no setbacks and uh, so great, you know, training. Uh, I've been training with Chris Kalikowski, so he makes sure that I don't do anything too stupid. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been good. Yeah, he, he definitely wants to wants to protect you and keep you safe. So that's that's awesome. Zach, thank you, man. I appreciate you being with us. And uh, have a great couple months, and we'll see you back in May. Appreciate it, my friend. Have a good one. He is the quarterback, Zach Kalaros. Nice to be with us on the Bomber Winter Special. The ankle back in top form. Ankle, foot, the whole thing. It's, a, it's, it's a all unit. good. It's all good. We will break on the other side. We'll go to Edmonton, talk to our good friend, Morley Scott, the voice of the Elks. He'll tell us what Kenny Lawler was to them last season and about the team making the most noise in free agency. It's the Bomber Winter Special. 680 CJOB. <laughs> Marion Grant, retirement specialist, Rutgers University. Grant settles under at the 42, 45, 50s, hit, bounces off, bounces off that, into Calgary territory, and he's being dragged down by Grace, who lost his helmet, 40, flagged down. Janarian Grant would not be stopped, dragging a 250-pound punter with him. I got bumped almost off my feet behind me put my hand on the ground you know just to recover my steps and as soon as I did that I was ready to take off but then I felt somebody pull my jersey and once I felt that you know I was just trying to break loose just trying to wiggle loose you know get to the end zone as I always try to do Cody Grace is listed 87 pounds heavier than you and yet you carry him for literally 15 yards that's so impressive uh yes sir thank you I appreciate it it's just you know just being able to stay in the weight room you know and be prepared for those physical contacts when when in need that is janarian grant and he's carrying 250 pound punters i have to get a 10 pound sack of potatoes from the grocery store i'm exhausted you're not a pro athlete derek no and i'm no janarian grant derek taylor and christian amell with you on the bomber winter special and we welcome in my good friend the voice of the elks on 630 ched he is morley scott who oh you've had to cover a busy off season at edmonton hey yeah, well, what do you expect? They won four games, so you got to make changes, right? The uh, year before, they won three games, and they had to make changes. So it's been two very busy off-seasons uh, in a row uh, for the Elks, for sure. But uh, it's, it's, it's been fun watching it uh, develop, and I think there's still a little bit more work to do. So the Elks this offseason, they get Geno Lewis and pay him all the money in the world, reportedly 320000 a year. Stephen Dunbar from the Hamilton Tiger Cats at two hundred grand. Kyron Moore from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to add to Dylan Mitchell, who really popped last season, and Manny Arsenault, who is re- as reliable as as the days are long. Uh, that is a, that's a heck of a set of weapons, Morley. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they really have got maybe one of the best, if not the best, receiving core. Of course, it's only on paper right now, and you got to go out and prove it. But yeah, they they've certainly given Taylor Cornelius, who's going into his his first year as the guy, uh, his third year in the CFL, he started uh, a bunch of games last year, a bunch of games the year before, but this will be the first year he comes to training camp as the guy with it, you know, being his job to lose as a starting quarterback. They've given him some talent. So there's no excuses for him. Uh, as long as he can get the ball on target, which we know has kind of been an issue with him. Uh, he's going to have success, I think, because that is a one real, real dynamic receiving core. The, the question I'll have along the way is, and I had it into the last free agency season, I'm sure you and I talked about this, are the Elks trying to get better or are they trying to make a splash? This one, 
This one, I mean, it, it has the resonance of a splash, but this really feel, it feels like, oh, yeah, they, they want to improve this offense dramatically. Is that the impression you get? Yeah, I think it's, it's more of a calculated splash this year. Uh, last year, I think Chris Jones and Giroy Simon came in, and they really didn't know what they had. Uh, they were inheriting a team that won three games that wasn't very good, and uh, they just brought in as many players as they could to find out what was sticking to the wall, and then they were going to keep them. I think throughout the season last year, they said, okay, we like Niles Morgan. We think he can play. Uh, we like Kevin Brown at running back. We like uh, we like uh, uh, Dylan Mitchell. We like Manny Arsenal. Uh, we, you know, we like certain guys in certain spots. So now we have to go out and supplement uh, our roster and add around those guys. And I think that's what they did. They went out and added in certain positions and, and, and they had more of a specific uh, plan in mind instead of just getting a bunch of players and see what happens. Yeah. This year they went out and got players for certain uh, positions and certain situations. And I think that's, that's the biggest difference. Uh, you know, I mean, like last year they went out and they got the best receiver on the market, right. In, in Kenny Lawler uh, this year, you could arguably say the same thing. They lose Lawler back to Winnipeg about to go out and get Geno Lewis. So uh, that, you know, receiving is a very important, and I know you, you're beating the drum on this too a lot, uh, DT, receiver being maybe the second most important position on the field, especially offensively, because it doesn't matter what the quarterback does. If the guy doesn't catch it at the other end, it's just an incompletion, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, morally, I'm curious what you think of one of the bigger defensive signings this year. Mm-hmm. AC Leonard was a free agent for about 31 minutes. In, at the end of January when he was cut by the Riders and then the Elks said, okay, we'll take that. Thank you. Uh, what do you think of that match? Because I know Derek really likes oh, the fit there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? They, I think they identified two places on their defense that they need to get better at. I think they sorted out the linebacking core last year. Uh, they need to get more pressure on the quarterback, and they're doing that with A.C. Leonard, obviously, uh, especially if he can return to his form from a couple of years ago after a down year last year. Uh, they do that by re-signing Jake Ceresna. Uh, they have a couple of other guys who are who are real good at getting to the quarterback or who have shown they can, uh, and now they just got to do it on a consistent basis. I think they had 25 sacks last year, which was worse than the Canadian Football League, so uh, um, that had to improve. And the other part of their defense that they knew they had to improve was the defensive backfield. So they went out and got Luchas Purifoy after the BC Lions released him. He's an all-star, and they went out and signed him. Uh, Aaron Grimes returns after a year off with a knee injury, so they had a pretty good player in him. They've re-signed Ed Ganey. They brought in uh, Donovan Olumba at the end of last year. Uh, he played. He started two games and didn't have any tackles. What does that tell you about how he played in those two games? He also had an interception, so nobody caught the ball when it was thrown towards him last year. So, uh, you know, I, I think they, they identified the spots they needed to be better at, and they went out and improved them. Yeah, the A.C. Leonard acquisition, one, it's it's a Chris Jones guy, right? And Chris Jones this offseason has acquired some Chris Jones guys. But two, with how much Edmonton likes to run those three-man rushes, you now you, A.C. Leonard's a guy you don't have to take off the field to go, yeah, you're going to line up over here or you're going to drop back at safety because that guy is enormous and incredibly athletic. Morally, that, that's honestly one of my favorite free agent fits in the entire league this year. Well, what we compare him to around here is uh, Odell Willis in 2015 when they won the Grey Cup and the way he played. Uh, he could rush the quarterback. He could drop back into coverage. He can, you know, he can kind of play a little bit in the middle and make a decision later on because he was so athletic. And I think AC Leonard fits that as well. You know, he's. You mentioned Chris Jones, guys. I love looking at the guys they signed over this uh, as as free agents. And you look at it. I mean, uh, they brought AC Leonard, and, and Chris Jones was instrumental in turning him from a from a tight end into a defensive end. Yep. Uh, they, they signed Josiah St. John. Yep. Jones drafted with his first draft pick in Saskatchewan, first overall, and did say 
when he signed him, he said the mistake he made with him in Saskatchewan was not making him a tackle right away. And that leads me to believe maybe the Yawks are going to try and go with four, Amer- uh, four Canadians on the O-line so that they can play five Americans in the receiving core at times if they want to. Uh, Kevin Francis, they signed him. Great special teams player. Led the league in special teams tackles last year. Also a guy that, that Jones had and helped convert from, uh, he was a receiver as well, converted him uh, to playing defense. Luchas Purifoy, who worked with him in Saskatchewan. Uh, Kyran Moore, yep. who Jones discovered at his free agent camps uh, in the uh, in the offseason of uh, 2018, I want to say, and brought him to Saskatchewan for uh for you know and that set him up and brought him to the canadian football league so he's definitely very familiar with the guys that he's signed and maybe more important i think guys is they're familiar with him and they know what he expects he is uh, had a conversation uh with sammy gahagan who's the uh who's the 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 u.s scout for the Elks, and he says jones gives his scouting staff very specific guys to get kind of guys body types uh, speed, whatever the whatever it is for different positions, and he's very fussy about those guys. And if he wants them to run a certain uh, a certain number in the forty, and they're just below it, even though he likes everything else, he doesn't want them because they won't fit his style. These guys know what uh, what to expect from Chris Jones. He knows what to what to expect from them. And I think uh, all of these signings that he's made have been pretty good fits for them. All right, super quick as we break, where will the Elks finish in the West this season? Morley Scott. Yes, they will finish in the West this season. <laughs> <laughs> I, they're a better team. They have to be a better team. I mean, they've won seven games combined the last two years. I, I look at it the other way around, guys. I, I, I think Edmonton's going to be better. Uh, Winnipeg's the cream of the crop in the West. I think Calgary takes a step back. I think Saskatchewan, who knows what's going on there. They could still be a dumpster fire by the time they get uh, to the season. I'm not sure. They seem to be trying to straighten things out a little bit with the acquisitions they've made, but they got a lame duck coach and GM going into the season. BC's lost a lot of good players, including their yep. best three their best three offensive players are gone from last year. They've got to take a step back, I think. Yeah. So I think the Elks have a chance uh, to make the playoffs, maybe even finish in third place or as high as second in the West, depending on, on I think if they get a good start, I think they could get on a big roll. If they don't get a good start, it's going to be that, oh, here we go again stuff, especially if they lose their first game at home. Yeah, they, they can avoid the crossover, sure. All right, I'm going to say, I'm put it right now, third or second. I think their quarterback wow. is awful, but they're third or second <laughs> in the West. Morley Scott, awful. 630, That's Chad. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sitting in Winnipeg. I'm far away, so no one, no one there will hear me. I appreciate you, brother. I can't wait to be talking football with you uh, when uh, training camp kicks off. Thank you, man. Look forward to it. Good to talk to you guys. Morley Scott, voice of the Edmonton Elks on our sister station, 630 Chet. It is 757. We'll break the GM. Kyle Walters at 805 on the Bomber Winter Special on 680 CGOB. Derek Taylor, Christian Amell with you. Yes, it's the Blue Bomber Winter Special. All the guests, all the questions right here. This hour, we'll talk to Brandon Alexander. We'll talk to Kenny Lawler. The newest bomber. And the excitement in Zach Kolaris's voice oh, yeah. about working with Kenny Lawler in the last hour. The receiving core was already pretty good. It really was. But you had one of the most dynamic receivers. He led them in receiving two years in a row. And the chemistry between those two when Kolaris got here was immediately evident. And Yeah, that's that's got to be just salivation for a guy like Zach Kolaris <laughs> and all the options he's going to have. Well, there's more options than there are receiving spots. Is now the, the Rasheed well, Bailey signing, well, re, re-signing, we right? T- we talked about it on my show how we thought there was no room for him now. Because Carlton Agadosi was going to take that wide receiver spot, yeah. Right, and then he comes back, and now that you always would love to have too many players because that drives competition, and 
there are always injuries. Always. So you need some. We wouldn't know Carlton Agudosi could do it except for injuries last year. Yeah. And he comes and has the the game of all games to to start your career, and it was. He was hurt almost immediately after that, unfortunately. Yeah, broke his leg in the next game against the Edmonton Elks. But yes, uh, last year I would have said maybe the seventh best receiving core going into the season. Then Dalton Schoen is a well, world We didn't beater. know Dalton Schoen was. Exactly. And now I would think, you know what? That's the best one going into the 2022 season. Uh, let's ask our next guest what he thinks of the receiving core. Uh, Kyle Walters, is that you? I am here. He is the GM of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. This Bombers receiving core, best in the league or best in the league? <laughs> we're, we're, we're real excited with the group we have. How's that? You I, know what? <laughs> what excites you about it? What, what makes you excited? I can tell you what makes me excited, but what makes you excited? Well, I mean, they're good. Simple as that. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that have had a lot of production. There's some uh, a nice mix of veteran guys, or, or Canadians, Americans. We're said it, it is a good deep receiving core that we uh, you know we expect big things out of them this year. Can a position group be too deep? Is that possible? Uh, no, you know what? <laughs> you, you, training camp's a long process, so a lot can happen. So there's there's some depth built in there for you know if anything, any injuries, any nicks happen during camp, we can keep rolling. Buck can buck can run full speed ahead. So you know we'll evaluate where we're at and how the roster shakes down after training camp. But it's a good problem to have with uh, with a lot of depth at a certain position. That's for sure. What does it mean to you, to the organization, to what you you all are trying to create there? When Rashid Bailey goes, you know what? I'll take less money and I'm coming back. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, it speaks volumes to the group of guys. I think everybody in that locker room still believes that that we're in a winning mode. And I've said that this offseason, that we're we're a veteran team, that's for sure. And, and uh, you know, we, we go to three great cups and are close to winning three in a, a row. And, and this group, again, I, I believe they feel... Uh, they're they're ready to win. We think they're ready to win, and we'll uh, you know keep keep rolling with the crew to see if we can get to another one and get a win. Yeah, we'll Christian and I will break it down to the end of the show. But I, I feel like the runaway favorite at the moment to uh, to win the Grey Cup. I I, I want to get your take on this, uh, Kyle, because I've been I spout off on Twitter every once in a while, and my my latest one was wide receiver is the second most important position in the Canadian football league. And I, I just use the salaries that teams pay these players is wide receiver. The second most important position in the CFL in your mind. Well, I've always thought after the, after the quarterback, your, your offensive tackle and your edge rushers, in my opinion, no, those are the guys that uh, in our, in our league with so much passing that, that you need guys to protect the quarterback and you need guys to get after the quarterback, but it certainly has, there, there's been a shift, certainly from the financial end of things, where these the receivers and their big time playmaking abilities are are being rewarded financially. So I can I can see where you're going, but I guess from a, a football traditionalist, I still you know after your quarterback, I still think the along the lines of scrimmage are the are the most important. Uh, Christian, when you have kids, make them be wide receivers in the Canadian okay. Football League. Just saying, okay. long snappers, long, long snappers. snappers, they can work forever. That's a good call. Yeah, forever. and they keep their health intact. Yeah, that's true. So, Kyle, on the topic of Kenny Lawler, your your one real big free agent splash this off season. How long did this process take for you to to get him, or was it almost immediate where both sides knew they wanted to make this happen? Well, I, I it would start last year at the trade deadline where we we were close to having something done with Kenny, then it didn't work out. 
so when the uh, when we were able to start talking again this year, it was a natural natural conversation. And uh, Kenny wanted to be here, and we wanted him here. So then it was just a matter of could this possibly be figured out financially? And uh, it took you know it took a little bit of time, a few days to kind of realize. All right, I think they're willing to budge. I'm willing to budge. And and at some point there, I was like, you know what? I think this is going to get done because uh, both sides wanted it to happen and were kind of willing to meet somewhere in the middle. And so looking at what that does to your your salary cap then, are you pretty much at the max? Because that's one thing CFL fans don't know. We don't have a a publicly available salary cap figure. So are, are you done? Oh yeah, I mean, I think we're we're done. Which is the way, you know, in the last few years, it, it was interesting back when we weren't very good, and and you'd go into free agency with all the all the holes and and all the money and spend. And uh, you know, the last few years, it's it's been all right. Well, how do we keep the core intact? And and is there anything left over? And and unfortunately, you know, what guys have to go uh, from cap standpoint? Not because we don't like them. And you saw that with with Michael, particularly Couture and and Casey and. You know, we, you know, and those have been great, great part of our organization and winning. But you know, some sometimes some very, very difficult decisions have to be made uh, when it comes to the cap. So it was, uh, you know, we're, we're we, we've spent all the money and and we spent it all on the core group of guys that that we're able to bring back. A pretty good core group when they go 15-3 and three the uh, the season before. He is Kyle Walters, the GM of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And Winnipeg Gordo of Morning Big Blue has a question. He wants to know, when you're trying to, when you're filling out the roster, do you try to stay within salary limits by position group? Or, or how do you approach it? You know what? It's t- I know certain teams do it certain ways, but it, it, that varies. From I, I've never been a believer in, in just allocating a certain amount of money per position group because you just don't know. Um, uh, from year to year, who your superstars are going to be, who the highest paid guys are going to be, or what the market's going to set. So I'm pretty flexible from from year to year. And and realistically, once the season's over, uh, a big part of our evaluation is you look uh, you look at the potential guys that are in the building that can replace uh, guys that you know price point are going to be high, and, and we've done that along the defensive line. It went, um, you know, Stephen Richardson into Casey Sales, now Casey Sales into Ricky Walker, um, you know, uh, Tui and, and and Chris Kolonkowski at the offensive line. So we've, you know, we've we've kind of planned ourselves, or, or the way we've operated is we'll, we make a lot of our salary cap decisions based on who in the building we think can play and maybe replace a higher price guy. And then you can hit on occasional Dalton Schoen or D Alford or Dietrich Nichols. And then all of a sudden, Hey, we're everything, everything is good again. Do you, do you plan out? Like, are you planning for 2024 already for 2025? Because some guys shown, for example, is going to get a lot more money if he, if he leads the league in receiving again, than he currently gets paid. Are you planning that far out ahead? No, you know, Back, as I said, it's a, it's been an interesting shift from, you know, not making the playoff two years to losing in the first round for a couple of years, losing the, in, in the conference final for a year, and then three great cups. It, it goes into, I, I look at it as, and I explain it to the coaches and, 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 and Wade, it's like we're, we're still ready to win right now. So let's focus on this year with this roster and try to win a, win a great cup this year. Whereas in years past, it was, okay, let's kind of build this, uh, build this towards 
a couple years down the road. But so there's been a, a shift in, in the way I view our roster and, and we're still in, you know, let's win right now mode, which is year to year. Absolutely. Let's win right now. Uh, final one for you, Cal. Folks want to know, uh, not everybody heard when you talked a couple weeks ago, what are your plans for kicker punter kickoffs for the coming season? Uh, I knew this one would be coming. That is a popular question. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get it. I get I get what the what the fans are thinking. And um, you know, the, the kicker punter kickoff will will be a competition. And um, you know, Mark's under contract. Will uh, you know the Global Graph certainly has some some punters. Uh, we're evaluating American kickers, and we're looking at guys with CFL experience. So, as I said, we'll we'll come to training camp, and there will be a uh, uh, you'll see a more bodies uh, kicking field goals, punting, kicking off this year than years past. And, and it'll be a, 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 you know, a legit competition like it is every year at most positions, but that will be a, that, that is a focal point where we've said, we, we certainly understand uh, there needs to be some serious competition that at that position. And Mark, Mark understands that and he's going to come in and compete and, and, and wants to win the job. Yeah, and uh, certainly hoping the best for for Mark and hoping the best for the Bombers when training camp rolls around in May. Kyle, thank you for giving us the time. Appreciate you being with us. Anytime, guys. Have a great night. He's Kyle Walters, the GM of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, with us on the Bomber Winter Special. Still to come, Kenny Lawler at the bottom of the clock, but next it's Brandon Alexander, Bomber Safety. Leggio kicking off. It'll be Phil Pot left to right from his own 15, 25, 30, hole 40. Oh, he's crushed by Mike Miller at the 40. Oh, Miller just obliterated Phil Pot. Oh, my goodness, with the Mike Miller hit. Phil Pot running a little too upright for Mike Miller's liking. Nothing gets your defenders more fired up than a massive hit or collision like that. Kind of like one of those sweet spots in the hit. So, like, you don't really yourself feel the blow, but you can kind of feel that he felt all of it because he you know you gave it all to him but yeah I, I was definitely very excited i wish i had like probably wasn't as excited and realized that the ball was on the ground too <laughs> maybe was able to get it but <laughs> mike miller on one of the biggest hits and best plays of the bomber season our next guest is with us brandon alexander brandon do you remember the mike miller hit in week 10 i definitely do Yes, sir. I do. <laughs> what, he said it, it gets it gets guys psyched up. Is is that fair? You guys get you get stoked when you see their teammate crush a dude like that? Oh, for sure. You know, you see how hard you know the work is put in during the week and everything, and then when you go out there and you lay it on the line, and you know you make a spectacular hit like that, it's just uh, it definitely jazzes up for sure. What what hits stand out from last season? Miller on Phil Pot was one. We'll talk later about Big Hill had one on Stephen Dunbar that forced a turnover in the Hamilton game at home. Any other ones that you remember that you celebrated in 2022? I mean, he also had one on uh, on uh, Keenan LaFrance uh, throughout the season. I can't remember what week that was. That was yep. a nice. Uh, Dietrich Nichols had one versus uh, Lucky Whitehead um, late in the season. Uh, yeah, and I, I believe Tanner had one too on specials. Yeah, uh, so, uh, Nick Hallett has a couple on there too as well. <laughs> oh, Nick Hallett had one on Reggie Bagleton that forced an incompletion. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of good tackling going on out there. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of great stuff happened this past season. Fifteen and three, and another trip uh, to the Grey Cup. But I, I think the question I want to ask you uh, first, uh, Brandon, is uh, in 2014 you were named the most dependable defensive player at the University of Central Florida. Do you still have that trophy or plaque or whatever it was that you received that day? I do. Yes, it's, uh, it's actually hanging at my uh, my parents' house. You know, right on the uh, right on the wall. Uh, yeah, I definitely had that. <laughs> are, are your parents the super proud kind? Like the, they'll brag about you to all their friends, that kind of parent, or are they just cool about how great you are? I think they, they're cool about it. I think they let people ask them more than anything. A lot of people ask and check up to see how I'm doing, and they'll let them know. But uh, my nana, my nana definitely does that though. She she's a bragger. Yeah, she is. <laughs> what, if I if I met your nana, what would what would she say? Like, can you give me a kind of a little bit of what nana would do? Uh, she would just, you know, first of all, she would say I'm a good kid and, uh, you know, I work extremely hard and everything and, uh, I play hard. So, yeah. uh, don't run up against me because I'm, uh, I'm gonna give it everything I got. So, you know, something like something along the line like that, they'll probably do it a lot more, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> if she heard someone was from Winnipeg, she'd probably, she'd probably be like, you know, my son, Brandon, then or you know, my grandson, Brandon, then. <laughs> That's awesome. Definitely do that. And they'll be like, oh, my goodness. I'll have a whole conversation about it. Uh, Brandon Alexander, Bomber Safety, with us on the Bomber Winter Special. Uh, I see from the uh, your CFL page, you turned 30 years old this year. Is that is that a big deal? Is that a little deal? Is that no deal for you? Um, it's in the middle. It's just like, you know, it is uh, kind of crazy where I am hitting a big 30 this year. You know, it, it came by pretty fast, but... At the same time, too, I don't feel 30. I feel like, you know, I'm just starting. I'm feeling really good. So uh, maybe it'll hit me more when that time arrives around September. But other than that, I'm just kind of playing the steady. You get, pra- you, get uh, you get work off that day, right? That's two days before a game. You get that day off of practice, right? Yeah. Yeah, in a sense. Still watch a lot of film and stuff like that in a, in a sense a little bit. <laughs> I have to host a show on my birthday. That's not fair. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Brandon, yeah, yeah. You only played five games this year as you were coming back from your injury in the Grey Cup. Do you feel that not playing that much has made your body feel fresher going into this season? Um, I definitely do. Uh, I think it allowed my body to heal in other places where it needed uh, to heal. I also feel like, um, you know, it's going to be able for me to, to come out and be expected to, to lay it on the line for my guys every single week. You know, my goal this week, this year is to you know, play every single game and be available for my guys as much as I can. You know, um, that's kind of been a hard feat for me uh, throughout my career in the CFL. I always miss a couple of games, but, you know, for, for me this year, my body feels good. I'm back, um, I'm back. you know, running, active, everything. I'm a lot bigger. My legs are a lot bigger. I feel stronger. So uh, I'm excited to see what, what this year brings me and, uh, and how it goes. If I remember correctly, you're big into making music, are you not? I'm definitely uh, making some music for show. <laughs> is, is that a big part of your off season? A little bit, yes. You know, I got a, a couple projects on the way that's coming out. I just had a project that just came out uh, while uh, two weeks ago on Friday. So, you know, I'm definitely uh, having a couple of more things coming out. Probably like two or three more projects pretty here pretty soon. So, what are they called? Where can people find them? Uh, right now, you can find them on on Spotify. Uh, you can go on my Instagram and type in the, I mean, uh, click on the link. Uh, you can go to Apple Music, uh, iTunes, YouTube, uh, anything that you listen to your music to. You can go ahead and type that in, B-A, 
you know, two-sided or wild. I have those two projects out right now. Like I said, in the next couple of months here, I'll have a couple more. I have no idea. Are, are you a performer or are you a producer? Because I, I know examples of both in the Canadian Football League. Well, right now, I'm uh, I'm really just, right now, I'm just a writer. You know, I'm a writer and I'm, I'm an artist. Uh, I do have the producers. I, and I produce in a sense, but I do have producers and engineers that help out a lot. Mm. Um, and then also, haven't performed yet, but when I do, it's going to be all good because, you know, I believe every word that I say and, um, you know, everything that I put on that mic, you know, I can do right now. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Have you or do you work with any other CFL guys on that kind of stuff? Because Don Jackson, the running back, uh, Naaman, Rosev- Naaman Roosevelt is really good. Uh, and Micah Johnson apparently is, is a producer. Like, do you work with any other CFL guys? Well, that's funny. You know, guys on there and then uh, uh, me and Naaman had, had done a, uh, a, a song together and we're going to have that song come out here uh, in April. So uh, look out for that. That song is called Passion. That's going to be a really good song, by the way. And, uh, yeah, like we, I definitely had to collab with some of the guys up here. Bombers safety and riders coach working together. <laughs> this is a this is harmony. This That's beautiful, man. <laughs> well, yeah, you're a rider coach now, but at the time he was a blue bomber. So <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah, he was here for a bit. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. What is it about? Like, who are we have just a couple minutes? Uh, artists or, or groups that uh, that kind of inspired your music, or or that you draw from, if there are any. I listen to a variety of people. I listen to a lot of people from uh, old school to new school, whether it's rap, R and B, classic soul, things like that. Like I listen to everything. So just to give you a small thing, like I listen to Mick Condition, Tony, 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 Mary J. Blige, but I also got you know. My Kings of Lamar's, my J. Cole's, you know, my Futures. I listen to literally anything that, that's good music, you know, to me, and it sounds good, then that's, that's what I'm listening to, so everything. Oh, you made an old man smile bringing up Tony, 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 I got to say. When's the collab with Drew Wolitarski coming out? <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And uh, uh, I'll, me and me and Drew have been talking a little bit. We got to get that one uh, together. And uh, we sat to, with each other and had a couple sessions just together. Um, but we, we'll probably have one out coming soon. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. We will check out your Instagram because I, I got to hear this. I, I'm, I'm impressed with guys who are elite in, in the CFL. When I heard Naaman do, do his thing the first time, I was, I was blown away, so I can't wait to hear your stuff. Brandon Alexander, thank you, man. We appreciate you giving us some time tonight. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Brandon Alexander, Bomber Safety, nice enough to be with us. On the Bomber Winter Special, other side of the break, the newest Bomber. The biggest free agent edition, Kenny Lawler, live on 680 CJ. Jared Taylor, Christian Amell for the Bomber Winter Special, and we are excited to be joined by a guy who we are excited has returned to the Bombers. He is receiver Kenny Lawler. Kenny, how are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, we appreciate you being with us. We appreciate you coming back to the, the Blue and Gold. Uh, in your in your introductory press conference, you were very complimentary about the city and the fans and the, and the club and the players you had worked with. Can you give me something about the city of Winnipeg that you missed, something outside of the stadium that you're like, oh, I can't wait for that? Um, let's see. Little Pizza Heaven's definitely on the um – on the to-do list, got to go get some of that good pizza. Um, um, got to get some uh, good, uh, what is it, um, some good Jamaican food from Miss Christine's uh, Jamaican restaurant. Yep. Uh, I'm a big foodie, man. I, I just can't wait to get back to uh, 
to um, being in the city, being around, you know, the good people, and, uh, man, getting back into IG Field, really, and uh, playing, man. That's the best stadium. Um, they got the best fans, the best people, and it's just a good environment to be back. So yeah. as a foodie, I'm assuming you've had some of Jeff Gray's cooking, which we're told is legendary. Oh, man, I heard I heard it's legendary. I tell you, Jeff Gray does a lot of cooking for the old linemen. Um, he 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 has bought in some things to the locker room, um, but I forgot what I tried. I forgot. Um, kind of sounds bad, but um, no, Jeff Gray is actually a great a great chef. Um, and I know from the uh, from my teammates that uh, tell me I haven't really got a chance to try his food, but I, I will this year. I guess uh, if you maybe do some good blocking, he'll reward you with some food. Is that how it works? <laughs> Yeah, maybe, man. You know, uh, touchdowns ain't good enough. I got to get in the trenches and do some of the dirty work. <laughs> yeah, get in there. That's uh, yeah. It's it's. We're so excited to have you back. For folks who didn't uh, didn't catch your introductory press conference, why'd you want to come back to Winnipeg, Kenny? Oh man, it was a uh, like we. I just mentioned it. Um, the organization, the city, the fans, um, playing football. That's uh, that's everything you want. And on top of it. Um, we have a, a championship caliber team um, in the making, and we just got to put in the work. And um, but um, that's that's really it, man. Uh, the fans, the organization, uh, my teammates, everything here is a family, and um, uh, that's what I miss most about um, about Winnipeg. It's a family here, and uh, it's just it's just great to be back. What what got you to 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 leave for Edmonton in the tw- before the twenty twenty two season? Then you you like what you get here, what you have here in in the offense. What was it that that drew you to Edmonton in twenty twenty two? I'm the money man. I'm a kid. I'm a I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. Um, it was just uh, something that you know I couldn't turn down in my career, being uh, as young as I am, and um, um, just being able to capitalize on on that. Um, it was a uh, it was a, a big ticket, and um, I felt like, um, you know, that was the best opportunity for uh, me and my family. Um, besides that, you know, I didn't really, I really, I didn't really know too much about, um, you know, Edmonton, about uh, Coach Jones, but um, you know, um, that was that was the, that was the biggest thing. Um, you know, they paid the biggest ticket, and uh, man, as sad to say, uh, I, uh, I went, but you know, it was a good experience. Um, I was able to get a get paid for uh one but also just meet a meet a whole bunch of people in the community and uh, also uh, uh create some uh, relationships on the team yeah no i i i fully support every player who's getting big money or getting any money that's i fully support go wherever whatever draws you because you you have a limited time in which to do this right so if someone says hey uh kenny here's here's what you make plus 20 percent or plus 50 percent or here's the world I, I I would absolutely I'd be taking that too. That that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, the, uh, you know, I, I I play the game to be rewarded, and you know, that was just the most rewarding contract. Then, you know, um, one thing that I I truly believe is that you know I uh, I created you know a market for the uh, for wide receivers all across the league, and uh, now you see guys you know getting paid three twenty. Um, you guys get you guys. We get more guys in the 250 range, yep. and uh, you know, hopefully now we can start to see that increase. But also all across the um, all across the um, uh, every position, um, I want I want the I want the CFL to grow. 
I want, I, you know, I want the, every player's pockets to grow, and um, you know, I, everybody's pockets to grow, man. That's really it, man. So, um, yeah, that's really what. Uh, that was another big thing that I wanted to do is uh, I wanted to be kind of like a, a trendsetter, and, you know, set the market in a uh, in a great uh, in a great um in a what is it in a uh, projected. Yeah, yeah, I, I love oh, it. Yeah. I love that thought, Christian. I'm a little weather right now. That's all right. No, we appreciate you coming on nonetheless. Uh, but looking at last year now compared to this year, obviously it wasn't. There wasn't a lot of winning in Edmonton last year. How excited are you to be a part of a team that's been to three straight Grey Cups and now adding you to the mix of what was already a really good team? Oh my God, um, it's a it's an unbelievable feeling, man. I'm I'm just uh, excited um, just to. Uh, to add to what is already here, um, it's a it's a winning culture. We continue we uh we plan on continuing to do that, and uh, man, it's just it's, it's just a great feeling to be able to like kind of just you know turn the page you know and uh, get back to winning football because that's that's really what it's all about. I want to be I'm, I'm a winner at the end of the day. I play the I play the game to win. Um, to create a legacy, and you can't really do that uh, by losing and. Um, Man, so getting here, being able to you know jump back on board of a, on a winning organization is uh, is great. And how excited yeah. are you to catch passes from a very accurate Zach Kolaris? Oh man, I, I can't I can't wait. There's a like I like I said in many of my interviews, there's a lot of unfinished business. Um, there's something I've definitely created here with uh, Zach, and it's just something that I want to continue to do, uh, continue to uh, keep doing. Uh, Zach, Zach, Zach's my guy, man. And, um, the chemistry that we have and that we're going to continue to build on is just going to be uh, going to be really scary. He is the Bombers receiver, Kenny Lawler. Nice enough to be with us for the Bomber Winter Special. All right, uh, final one of decisions made before this week. I, because I'll do this for myself of what would happen if this guy played in this team. Over under 1,700 yards you would have had receiving had you signed with BC last season. Oh, if I was high. <laughs> yeah, we going uh I'm gonna go under, man. There's a lot of guys on that team that like to spread around. But um, you know, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go under and be realistic. <laughs> oh, that that could that would have been that's one of the ones that I'll take with me. Like, man, if Kenny and Brian Burnham and uh somehow Dominic They already Rimes put up amazing numbers. And Lucky Whitehead <laughs> and every oh what what could have been but just wasn't right uh, at the time. I got a question from the Morning Big Blue website. I asked some folks to feed me some questions. I think you are the perfect guy to answer this question from uh, the poster's name, 17 to 85. He wants to know, how badly are you guys going to bleep up the rest of the league this season? Oh, yeah, we're going to tear it up, man. Uh, we, we, we're going to tear it up. It's a, uh, I tell everybody it's a revenge tour this year, especially for me. moved in a majority of my games last year, last year. And then also on top of, you know, the fire that is burning under these guys that are um, that are coming off the uh, Great Cup loss is just it's just going to be real scary for these guys. Um, offense, defense, and uh, we're just going to be getting after it. It's, it's about to get ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you feel like I, I was just going through your numbers and we had Zach on in the previous hour and he mentioned how much you use the waggle in Edmonton versus 2021. You were you were basically uh, you were the X and you were kind of set at the at the snap. And then I look back into the numbers and I saw that in 2019, you used the waggle a lot. Where do you feel like you are best? Um, on the football field, I feel like I'm a, 
a very versatile uh, receiver that uh, could do both. Um, Winnipeg trained me in the beginning to uh, learn how to waggle, and, um, you know, they uh, gave me the uh, X spot in my second year. But then um, going to uh, Edmonton and uh, going back to the waggle and uh, being able to get that 8- to 10-yard start, um, it, it, it was a great feeling. And I just uh, – sometimes I'll be like, man, I want to go back to the X. But, um, you know, it's wherever the coaches have me. And um, I, just believe, I just believe I'm a dominant force wherever I'm at on the field. You can put me at the widest – the widest over there at the Z position, and I was still going to make it happen. <laughs> well, when you say you want to go back to the X, that, that short side wide receiver for folks who aren't aren't 100% with the terminology, well, why do you say sometimes you want to go back there? Oh, just because it just brings me back to home, man. Mm. Um, back home, everyone's stationary. And, um, you know, um, being able to, you know, show off, you know, that I can still do some of these things uh, is a a good feeling. Um, But also having the waggle is definitely an advantage as well. Um, It doesn't really matter where I'm going to be at. Um, I know I'm just going to, I'm going to wreck havoc. But, um, um, yeah, that X, that X is just like a a littler of the homie position, just a homie position, meaning um, I played that growing up um, in all the offenses that I was in. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the short side of the field. Even with the new hash marks, that's still where most of the passes end up going. And uh, I think we, uh, as Bomber fans, are hoping there are a lot coming your way uh, this coming season. Kenny, I, I appreciate you being with us on the show. I'm so excited to have you back, and I know Bomber fans are too, to have you back in uh, in Winnipeg. Uh, what do you do between now and what is it? I guess uh, early May when training camp kicks in. Oh, man, I'm just grinding, man. You know, I suffered a broken collarbone uh, this past season. Also, um, a high, uh, sprained high ankle. Uh, high ankle sprain, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm just grinding, man. I'm trying to get back to where I, where I was. Um, I'm pretty, uh, you know, uh, close to that now. But I'm trying to exceed that mark. Every day I'm trying to get better and better and better so that, you know, I can just show off to the organization, show off to the fans, you know, everybody watching, my family. Uh, my family back home that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in this league to stay. And, you know, um, I'm going to be here for a very long time. I want to break records. I want to be a ring of honor guy. Um, then, you know, to the uh, CFL Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, and, and in order to do that, I just I have to work. I have to continue every day. I got to work. And that's what I've been doing. Man. And um, I, I'm loving the results. And um, I, just, I just can't wait uh, to, you know, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays where I can just, you know, cash in and, you know, make my deposits. <laughs> Zach's throwing for 40 touchdowns this year. You heard it here first. Uh, Kenny. Oh, let's hit it, man. It's over 50, man. 50. 50. I love it. I love it. That's even better. I think that's more than Doug Flutie ever did. So take that, Flutie. Awesome. Kenny, thank you, man. I can't wait to see you in May. Uh, thank you for having me. You have a great night. His Bombers receiver, Kenny Lawler, nice enough to join us. 50 touchdowns. Love the confidence. I'm, we're capturing that piece of audio. Braden, let's capture that piece <laughs> of audio because if it happens. February 27th, 2023. You heard it here first. Other side of the break, Christian and I will talk about where are the Bombers right now? Strengths, weaknesses, chances for a fourth straight Grey Cup appearance? It's coming up at the Bomber Winter Special at 680 CGOB.
has some time. Guns across the middle. Dunbar pop is in Taylor's hands. Oh my goodness! Again with the bounce in favor of the Bombers. Dunbar bought one in the back from somebody. Out of Big Hill, smacked him. It went right into Nick Taylor's hands. That's what they talk about when they say beware catching footballs in the middle of the field. You got monsters like Adam Big Hill patrolling there, and he caught him square in the back as the ball arrived. Bit of a dangerous place coming across the middle with me and uh, and Brandon Alexander running around through there. Um, and especially me coming down from safety is a lot different even than me coming from a middle linebacker position since I get a little run at it too. So, you know, that was definitely a different experience for him, I believe. It was. Stephen Dunbar felt a little worse for wear that day. And that was the early season, Christian, where the Bombers were getting all these weird bounces. That game, right. uh, was it that game? Willie Jefferson had the bounce that got in his hands, and he ends up in the end zone for a touchdown. And Big Hill flies through the air and swats it to somebody who then laterals it to Nick Taylor. And you go, this is Hey, when you go 15-3, and three, you need to get some bounces, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they absolutely did. Kamar Jordan dropping one in the end zone. What would have been a tying hey, touchdown? I'm a Vikings fan. I'm very aware of how fickle it can be between wins and losses. <laughs> yes, that is that is true. All right, we have about seven minutes left in the Bomber Winter Special. So I wanted to sit with Christian and talk about where are the Bombers at right now? I said earlier in the in this show, they're the clear favorite to win the Grey Cup as of February 27th. Where do you think they are? I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. You've got this track record of immense success over the last three years. And at the same time, there hasn't really been a main threat to that. In the East, Hamilton was good. Now they're okay. Toronto's decent. And in any given Sunday, you could lose a football game. We saw that in November where the Bombers are better than Toronto. If you play that game 10 times, Winnipeg probably wins seven. Yep. And that was just one of the three. And weird stuff happened all down the line. And they lose that football game. But just on paper, the Blue Bombers are the best team in the CFL. And just strictly in the West, you've got a Saskatchewan team that seems a little rudderless. And they're putting their faith in a Trevor Harris that's, you know, fine, but is also getting up there. Yep. You've got Edmonton, who will be better, but But I don't know how much better. They're going to be limited by their quarterback. BC was Nathan Rourke. and, And a solid defense that probably didn't get enough credit. But nonetheless, they're just not going to be nearly as good without Nathan Rourke. And then Calgary, you know, Jake Mayer's respectable, but that's that's a team that you just bank on the infrastructure forever. And let's face it, they went twelve and six last year. No one really talked about them. No, but they've. There's always been the talk that Calgary, since the Wally Bono days, they know when to let guys go. They had two guys in their twenties get away as prime free agents, which makes me wonder mm. what's coming. And Jake Mayer. The lowest depth of target of any quarterback I've ever seen in my life last season. Okay. So I, I feel like as much as he signed there for, for multiple years, I, I don't know what, what Jake Mayer's future uh, is in Calgary. So to me, I'm with you in that the Calgary and BC will fall. Saskatchewan, I don't know. And Edmonton will rise. That's kind of what I know. But for me, it's, it's Winnipeg in the West as the favorite. Should everybody be healthy all across those, those five teams? Bombers have the best quarterback in the league. He's yes. the two-time MOP. What's their greatest position of strength for you? I think it's him, and I think it's it's just the offense as a whole, right? The offensive line has been fantastic for years for this team, and maybe it wasn't great in the Grey Cup game, but overall, you just take the sum of the parts of this offensive unit, and you look at the receivers, and Dalton Schoen, 
was amazing last year. Nick, everyone had their moment uh, yeah. for the Blue Bomber offense. So one night, it's Ellingson. One night, it was Agadosi. Wolitarski is a great second down convert, converter. And you've got the best quarterback in the league who's able to make plays outside the pocket, who's been very durable for a guy that his whole MO for years was he can't stay on the field. He's been very good. You know, the ankle injury he played through in the Grey Cup. But the the I think the offense, we're going to see a Blue Bomber team that it's not so much defensive struggle this year. I think they're going to win. They might give up some points, I think more points this year than they did yeah, last year. Agreed. But they're going to be able to outscore their problems a bit more this year. I think. Offense wins championships for me in the Canadian Football League. And you take this receiving core, we mentioned it. As of right now, it's Rashid Bailey, Dalton Schoen, Nick Dembski, Kenny Lawler, Drew Wolitarski, Carlton Agadosi, Brendan O'Leary Orange as depth guys. It's the best receiving core in the league. And it, to me, it's not by a mile because Edmonton, oh, Edmonton <laughs> put some cats and together. And BC still got some dudes. Yes, but no Brian Burnham, the guy who creates receptions from nothing. True. Who knows what Lucky Whitehead is in his current I incarnation. I just think Dominic Grimes is... Special. Yeah, and I saw... Uh, our I just don't know if VA's the guy. Friend, of the, Well, there's there's going to be the biggest part for, for me. So, uh, to me, it's the best receiving core in the league. Uh, it's going to be the best offense in the league, again, the way it's currently constituted, the strength. Weaknesses in this Bomber team. Well, kicking is number one on the list. The There's no doubt about that. I think we, we still have questions about the, the corners in the secondary with Winston Rose. Did not have an awesome season last year. And Desmond Lawrence was really good when he came in. He was, but short, short sample size. We'll see what he does in 2023. But there was a little more volatility in those spots this year. And, and I think the defensive line is, is going to be a wait and see because I know Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat are there, but the interior of that line is a little more uncertain now without Casey Sales. They've always had a guy that, you know, whether no one knew who Steve Richardson was until we knew, and no one yeah. knew who Casey Sales was until we knew who it was. So we'll see what happens there. And then, the one thing everyone will point out is the age, right? It's the same guys again and again and again. And at some point, we all know Father Time is undefeated. I don't think this is the year that it catches up to them. Well, Stanley and Jackson are guys who are only 31, right? Pardon me, not Stanley. Stanley's 36, but Jackson and Willie are guys who are yeah. 31. Bagel's a little older. a lot of guys it's, have a three in front of their age. It's Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, to me, it's defensive line because American defensive tackle is currently only Ricky Walker. That's it. That's what I mean. Who's who's the depth defensive end? Well, Tiadric Hansen is coming off an Achilles. Dewan Cooper, who maybe took ten snaps on defense last season and was not a may not be a great. But there's passer. always they always find guys. Well, but they they just have to find those guys. So as we sit here on the 27th of February, that to me is the, is the concern. Uh, Dietrich Nichols, Brandon Alexander, lockdown. Yes, settle the other four spots in the defensive backfield. I wonder. So. We're getting further away from that historically good defense in 2021. That's what I mean by outscoring. Yeah, but the offense might be one of the best we've ever seen if it goes to form. Who knows how it will play out, but we, wherever it does and however it does, you will hear it right here on the sports show. When training camp rolls on, when rookie camp, we discover the next Dalton shown. Yep. We will have our reports live. You can follow us on Twitter at DT on OB. And at, at C- I'm at CJOB Christian. We'll have all your updates and reports and analysis because we're looking forward to potentially a fourth consecutive trip to the Great Cup. Thank you for being with us. It's the Bobber Winter Special on 680 CJOB.